This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Anif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Immersive art and theatre seems to be a very in thing now with the latest one being Pink Dream currently showing at Rec Experience. Pink Dream is the brainchild of Temple of Light, a tech-driven art exhibitor that's based in China and the Rose Collective, an art collective from France. Pink Dream pays homage to Chinese shadow play by incorporating elements of that traditional art in a more contemporary way. To find out more about the exhibition, we speak to John Barry Deverine, co-founder and chief and creative officer of Temple of Light. My name is uh, Jean. I'm from uh, France and I live in China for more than five years now. And I'm the founder of Temple of Light, uh, which is a, a company opening immersive museum in China. Mm. So we have uh, a space in Shanghai. We opened a space in Wuhan in a few months and we opened uh, a different spaces in uh, Shenzhen and etc. Mm. And with this space, we try to exhibit beautiful uh, immersive exhibition into famous artists or famous culture. Mm. And the latest exhibition that we created, that we produced with a studio called Danny Rose Studio, uh, based in Paris, uh, we decided to create something related to the Chinese culture called uh, Pien, so Shadow uh, Puppets, which is uh, an art created more than 2,000 years ago. Mm. And for us, it was really important to exhibit this artwork because this art is a bit a bit forgotten, you know, nobody uh, kind of really remembers it. And for us, it was really important to put it back uh, on track, put it back in, on the front picture and to create something of quality with emotions, with uh, the respect of the artworks, of the creator of the puppets, basically to tell them thank you for, for what you did because it's really beautiful. And also because shadow puppets, they use light to create the shadow, you know? Yeah. And our museums, we use also light to create the art, you know, because mm. we use projectors mm. or LED. And this light creates the emotions and this light creates the, the art. Mm. So it's like a bit the transition between shadow puppets. It's like the first kind of technology. And then uh, the projection is like the new technology, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of the evolution of the art, I would say, you know? Yeah. So through this, we wanted to, to pay an homage to, to this uh, form of art and uh, to all those people who work in, uh, into this field. All right, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to touch a lot more on that uh, later, but before that, can we just reverse a bit and talk about uh, your relationship with immersive entertainment? What drew you to this form of entertainment that's a bit more, um, I mean, immersive, literally, but also... You know, very experiential to a certain extent. Yeah, what drew you into being part of this field? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the beginning, me, I study uh, art history mm. and uh, and uh, art management in a business school, and I was really passionate about Asian culture. Mm. And I thought in France and Europe in general, it's not really famous. If you talk about famous location in China, for example, Sanxingdui, Dunhuang, it's really famous sites for Chinese people. And for, I believe, Asian people, UNESCO already have uh, all the heritage uh, sites. But in Asia, it's not really famous. So my idea, it was really to create something in between, something of quality, something where you can talk about culture and do something a bit entertainment and fun to watch and to and to think about. So 
when we invented this museum, we always had the idea to talk about those cultures, to create an exhibition about this culture, and then to take this exhibition and to put it all around the world. Mm. So to put it in Vietnam, to put it in Europe, in America, and to basically for this art to be famous again, mm, right. or for the first time. Okay, your latest project is being dreamed, but prior to that, you have also done a lot of other projects as well, right? Um, that's very cultural, and I think to a certain extent, you've, you've, I guess, explored a lot of art from a lot of different cultures, right? Uh, was it difficult to actually, I guess, engage with uh, the practitioners uh, of this art from these different communities and convince them to, I guess, translate their art into something that's a bit more different and also contemporary? Uh, it's a challenge. It's mm. a real challenge. Um I'm, I'm very lucky because I have a, a team in China, uh, in Shanghai, that uh, I, I, I work with. They are specialized also in art, specialized into production. And I have a beautiful studio uh, called Danny Rose in Paris. And through this uh, partnership, we are able to talk with beautiful artists or beautiful museums. And when we approach them, we show them images. We show them that we respect the artworks, that we respect the vision that they have and that we try to uh, basically show uh, a path through their universe, basically. Mm. Um, so, for example, with Peeing Dream, we work with the Shadow Play Folk Art Museum in Shanghai, which is the biggest collection almost of uh, shadow puppets, Chinese shadow puppets in China. And it was very important for us to work directly with the founder of the museum and to create with him uh, uh, the scenario to select with him which puppet we can use and basically to collaborate with his team and the studio in France and the studio of Temple of Light to basically bring that all together to make something of quality. Mm. How open are they to actually engaging with you when it comes to that? And what's that process like? Walk me through the process of translating the experience of watching, um, I guess, a traditional uh, shadow puppet into something that's a bit more, quote-unquote, immersive. That's your expertise, perhaps, mm -hmm. yeah. For uh, for this creation, it took one year. So it's a long process, a really long process. First of all, you need to uh, convince the museum to work with you. Mm -hmm. It takes some time. Uh, you need, after that, to collaborate with the museum to take thousands of pictures, HD pictures, of the collection that they have. So they have a collection of puppets from 200 years old, from 100 years old, from different provinces in China, from different type of materials. Some is, some is made in papers, some is made in lasers. Uh, and so we take pictures of that. And then with the studio, Danny Rose, and the founder of the museum, we try to uh, create a scenario. And when we have a scenario in mind, we select the type of puppets that we need to use. For example, we need to use uh, monkey king, some animals. We know that this year is a year of the dragon, so we want to use some dragons. And after that, we need to animate the puppets. Mm. And there is two ways to animate the puppets. So half the show was made uh, through animation on the computers, basically, because the puppet that we used was, for some of them, very old. So you cannot really touch them. They are you know, very fragile. So mm. for that, we need to use computer to be able to animate them. And for the other half, as we really wanted to have uh, the feeling of the wheel movement of the puppets, we work with uh, this museum, Shadow Play for Art Museum, and their team for them to animate the puppets in real life. So they wear uh, blue suits or green suits 
with a green background, a bit like, you know, like the Hollywood movies. And we shoot basically uh, the scenes where they animate the puppets. And after, with uh, the computers and softwares, we just keep the, the puppets without having them, you know. Mm. And like this, we can really have the wheel movement of the puppets and the wheel feelings. Mm. And then there is a, a last step, is about the music. And the music combined with the image, this creates the emotion. Because the show is lasting for half an hour, and you have a lot of different chapters. And each chapter, you have a different emotion. Each chapter, you have a different music. The music was created just for the show. So you have two types of music. You have a Chinese orchestra that did the music. So you really have like a typical Chinese song. And you have also effects. So when you will come to the exhibition, you will hear that we have an immersive sound system. When you basically uh, are inside the museum, you will see that based on where you are, you will hear different things. For example, if you see an animal walking, you will hear it. But if you are on the right, for example, you will hear something else, for example, like uh, kids playing on the park, you know. So it's really uh, sensational. And after, so we combine yeah, music and images to create uh, something, uh, something of quality. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about the sound. So because the sound is, if you think about traditional shadow puppet, the sound isn't as immersive as that, right? Technically, it's, it's a bit more, I guess, straightforward. But mm-hmm. but I think when it comes to translating it into being dream or the kind of things that you do, it needs to be a bit more immersive, right? Um, what about colors? Because I think colors is also if you look at traditional shadow puppetry it tends to be the colour that seems to be a bit more monotonous right it's not as as I guess vibrant as the kind of colours that I've seen from the promo materials of mm-hmm. your Being Dream um, show so did you have to I guess consult the, the I guess the traditional practitioners with regard to how to play with colours or is it something that your team decide on your own so this is something I was a bit surprised and I think it's a great question because when you see a show of shadow puppets you don't really see the puppets. You see only the shadow. Yes. So when you see the shadow, you don't really see a lot of colors. But actually, when you see the wheel puppets without the shadow, it's really colorful. Mm. And this is what we use. We only use the puppets with the colors. So we don't use the shadow, we use the, the colors. So we use exactly the same uh, features and, and, and everything. That was John Barry Devorin, co-founder and chief and creative officer of Temple of Light, talking about Being Dream, the exhibition that's currently showing at Rexperience KL. We'll have more after the short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin, and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me in the studio today is John Bagui de Marine, co-founder and chief and creative officer of Temple of Light, and he's here to talk about Being Dream, an immersive art exhibition on shiny shadow puppetry that's currently showing at Rexperience. We've spoken about Temple of Light and the work that goes into translating a traditional shadow puppet experience into a more immersive exhibition. Now we're going to get into how they're going to work on the story using this format. But when we create the story with the director and the studio, uh, Danny Rose, it's a, a process very different from uh, just a shadow play theater, you know, because here we don't have just one wall, you have uh, three walls. And all the three walls as are different. It's kind of, you have like, for each of the world, it's almost like a new animation, almost a new cartoon, you know? So you need to create a story with uh, the floor and the walls in mind. So it's, it's a lot of details. And uh, for the scenario, 
it's uh, basically something of a tradition. So you start into a village. It's a really peaceful village. All the inhabitants are pretty happy. They go to buy some food. There is uh, kids playing in the park until a moment where there is some force, like where uh, something happened. I don't want to tell exactly what happened because I want you to discover the, the, the show. But basically, the village uh, is in danger uh, and they try to defend themselves and to be peaceful again. So this is a story about them trying to, to, defend, to defend themselves. And it's something that we created for the family, for the kids, and for everybody to be able to understand and at the same time to understand what is this art. And it's a really a mix of culture and entertainment at the same time. Mm. Because it's supposed to be 3D and also immersive, um, do you have any advice for, I guess, participants or people who want to see it? Whether there's a specific vantage point that they should be standing on or, be, I guess, be placed at or located at so that they'll be able to appreciate it fully? Or is it is that not really relevant when it comes to, I guess, enjoying immersive art like this? You know, they can just stand anywhere and they'll be able to appreciate it regardless. It's uh, me, like what I recommend is to walk a little bit mm. and to feel and to hear and to watch different parts of the show mm. into different areas. Mm. And we have some people sometimes that come back to the exhibition because they want to look at another area and discover new things, you know. Mm. So I believe yeah, you should walk and try to, to to have the feelings, you know, of where, where it's best for you or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think your advice is not to stand still, but rather walk around while, I guess, trying to watch the show, right? For example. But after, it's like half an hour. So, for example, there was people at the beginning we will walk and try to find the best, like, angle that they like. Mm. And after sit, maybe for some of the other scene, they want to walk. It's really, like, depending on, on, on the feelings of the person. Mm, all right, yeah. okay. So I guess um, to tell a story like this or to bring an experience as, I guess, complicated as this, you need like, a venue space that's also be able to, I guess, keep up with the kind of demands that you have, right? Um, what made you choose Rexperience and what are, I guess, some of the benefits uh, or some of the strengths of Rexperience um, with regard to, I guess, being able to translate the kind of experience that you want for your audience fully? But Rexperience, uh, I believe, is a great partner mm. because we believe that they have the same vision than Temple of Light meaning they want to have quality exhibition, they want to uh, bring emotions to their visitors. So this is exactly my point of view as well. And the space that they have is perfect because, first of all, it's in the center of the city, in Chinatown. So the location is great. They have an old theater. It's an old uh, cinema turned into an immersive exhibition, which is really beautiful. And the space is huge. You have a big height, the projection that you have is around 12 meters height, which is like really crazy because when you are in the middle of the room, the full eyes, all your eyes are basically into the show. You cannot watch something else, you know. Uh, you really have the full perspective of the show. So you, you really feel inside uh, the different uh, parts of the show. Uh, and also they have a beautiful sound system. So you are able to hear and feel uh, this uh, this exhibition and it's pretty chill you can have a drink while while watching the show it's not so expensive uh, we do uh, some uh, some ticketing for the for the children for uh, for the kids for the for the students uh, at a good price yeah 
I think it's a great, a great, great partnership. Mm, right. Okay. Um, you've held exhibitions around the world, you know, in France, Dubai, uh, Brazil, China, Japan, and um, with the Ping Dream exhibition, it's most recently shown in Shanghai, right? Um, so tell us more about the kind of um, engagement that you've had, you know, at these places, and what kind of engagement you're looking forward to uh, experiencing with the Malaysian community. Um. I think, uh, so we opened the exhibition, now it's open. Mm. We want really wanted to open the exhibition during the Chinese New Year. Mm. So it was really important for us. And also this year, it's the 50th anniversary between the uh, diplomatic relationship between Malaysia and China. So it was, I think, a beautiful anniversary also. And this exhibition, it's about Chinese culture, is the first time that it's going abroad with Canada. It's when it's in Canada a few days ago. Uh, so we are very honored to be able to broadcast new culture that are not so famous outside China. And I believe also in Malaysian culture, there is beautiful things also to, to be created in the future and immersive mm. and to be showcased in different parts of the world. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. Uh, so Malaysia has our own um, uh, shadow puppets in the form of Wayne Kulit. Yeah. Um, so um, are you also looking to look at that and perhaps consider exploring it uh, to be another perhaps future project for Temple of Light? Um, so, so every time we try to uh, look at a new genre or a new museums or a new type of culture for Temple of Light, but I know Rex Perience is, uh, is interested into this art and might do something uh, about this, uh, this Malaysian culture. Okay. So I right. cannot uh, tell a secret, but... Uh, Maybe in the future. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's a bit of a teaser there, right? Okay, mm. so um, you've teased about what, you know, people can expect uh, if they were to actually come to this show. Uh, but what else can, how should they best prepare themselves to experience this, you know? Uh, I mean, you can they can just go, but I, I'm sure, you know, will it be great if they can do a bit of homework in terms of, I guess, doing a bit of research about the story or at least uh, familiarize themselves with the kind of things that um, Temple of Light have done before? Uh, yeah, what else can they do to, I guess, prepare themselves to be a part of this experience? So, so we don't ask people to prepare themselves. We really want them to come, you know, as a as freedom to be chill. And actually, when before you enter the exhibition, you have at the entrance of the museum of the space a small exhibition where we explain what is being, where we explain what is shadow puppets, how it was created, what was the materials used, and basically the museum in China loan experience some of uh, their collection. So you will be able to see wheel puppets that we used inside the show, uh, and you will understand how it is made and what is the story behind it. Mm. And then you will see the show, and you will understand the culture behind it and the, the details uh, of this art and, and the beauty of it. Mm, all right, yeah. I think based, based on the kind of conversation that I've had with a lot of art practitioners, whether contemporary or even traditional, um, I've come to, I guess, um, recognize the importance of modernizing or contemporizing uh, traditional art. But at the same time, do you do you see this or do you see attempts like what you are doing as a way for them to, I guess, learn a bit more about the traditional arts or also or as a gateway for them to get interested in traditional art or should they just consume a more modern version, a more contemporary version of this just as is? Um. I think there is two ways. It depends on the person. Mm. Uh, some persons just want to have a good time and, and enjoy. Some other persons, they want to have a good time, but also learn something. Uh, and this is like exactly what we try to achieve. 
uh, it's important for us to talk about education, to talk about culture. And some the real goal at the end is to be able to take this exhibition or other ones, to exhibit it in a lot of countries. And for the people that watch it, that maybe will be like, oh, I want to come to China to see the real exhibition. I want to come to China or to Malaysia to see this real culture, you know, for them to really engage, for them to be interested, to learn more and maybe to travel to this country or to, to, to see this culture. Mm, right. is, to, is to is to give maybe a first vision into into this uh, culture and art. Yeah, just as uh, I guess first hand exposure, right? Of sorts to I guess generate more interest for them to be able to I guess explore more, right? If they, exactly, if they yeah. want to, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and perhaps this is the the best way to perhaps engage audiences, especially the younger audiences that perhaps may not necessarily be able to relate to the more traditional art form, right? Sometimes it's it's true. Um, uh, in uh, In our spaces in China, most of the persons that are coming are kids, are students or couples, sometimes also a lot of families. Uh, so you, you can see that uh, the new generation is really interested into culture and into having yeah, a nice moment with their friends and, and family. Mm. Uh, What about the older generation? What are their uh, feedback to this? Like, uh, I think um, every time... Not every time, but sometimes it's really uh, emotive to see some uh, older generation coming to the space because they really discover, I think, this technology. And you can see sometimes some tears in their eyes. Uh, almost at the end of each show, there will be some uploads, or, you know, like people uh, really like upload for, for, for this creation. So it's really emotive experience. It's not just like, oh, I watched like a, a cinema, you know. It's like you are inside a movie, basically. Mm. So the feeling is really different. Mm, and right. it's really for all generation we have some grandparents coming with their grandkids it's really uh, really nice and the exhibition starts at two years old you know so it's really for everybody mm, alright okay so for people out there who, who are interested to check out this uh, show uh, it's called Being Dream uh, it's going to be at Rexperience right uh, so can you tell me how much the ticket costs and how, how long the exhibition will be Yeah, so the exhibition basically is at uh, Experience. So it's in uh, Chinatown in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, the tickets we try to to be uh, to be not too expensive, enfin, to be affordable. So for the adult is uh, 60 ringgit, for the child is uh, 30 ringgit, and then for the students and uh, and young generation is uh, 42 ringgit. Mm. Same for the senior. Mm, all right, and the exhibition is going to be held from um, 9 February to. If I'm not mistaken, September, right? So now it's open. Now it's open until uh, for half a year minimum. Mm, all right, until okay. September minimum, yeah. Okay, all right. And on that note, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and I've been speaking to John Barui de Marine, co-founder and chief and creative officer of Temple of Light on Being Dream, their immersive art exhibition on Chinese shadow puppets currently showing at Rex Experience. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can look for the podcast on our website, bfm.my slash I Love KL. Alternatively, you can also download our app, which is available on both Google Play and the App Store. I Love KL can also be found on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Don't forget to also follow the station on X at BFM Radio. My name is Hanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9 The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.